0: Welcome to Video Game Bullshit.
1: This is Master Daniel Piscina. Get over here to Video Game Bullshit. This is Jeffrey Wittenhagen. I'm an author of multiple gaming books, including collector's guides for both the Nintendo and Super Nintendo. I'm a huge fan of action RPGs like The Legend of Zelda and obscure systems like the Neo Geo and TurboGrafx-16. And we've got a
0: Hey, hey, I'm big into uh, no death runs, high score runs, uh, collector of all things, vintage and retro, uh, pretty much anything video game related. I also collect figures, vinyl, VHS, tap handles, old beer signs, and old beer steins. Please call our number, leave a voicemail or
1: a text message at 262 264 VGBS.
0: Start it up. Yeah, so TurboGrafx16 slash PC Engine. It's time to see how far we can take this motherfucker.
1: Yep, you want me to lay the, the wallpaper? As always. Lay, lay the wallpaper. So, this is a crazy, crazy system because it's technically not 16 bit, but it is 16 bit, although it uses an 8 bit CPU. It's fucking insane. Mm-hmm. So, the TurboGraphic 16 Entertainment Super System. Oh, yeah. They had to throw Super in it, you know, just be crazy. Why not? <laughs> Might as well. In Japan, it's known as the PC Engine. It was joint developed by Hudson and NEC. Woo!
0: Hudson, we love you. NEC, we love you.
1: It was released in Japan in October of 1987 and didn't get over to the States till August of 1989. Yeah, super old school, if you think about it. Fucking crazy. That's like two years. Like, Uh. nutty. The PC Engine was like the top in Japan for a couple years. Crazy top, yeah.
0: Bigger than everything else, all the other consoles. By a long shot.
1: It literally outsold the Famicom in 1987.
0: And that's the white RF connection pc Mm -hmm. engine
1: the original which is the smallest major home console ever made yeah it's super duper small it's five and a half inches by five and a half inches and an inch and a half thick like it's tiny super tiny
0: it doesn't have rca av it's total rf but it's man it's as small as you can get you could probably put it in your pocket if you had like a decently sized pair of jeans or pants Crazy. The little cards were small, too. That leads up to that.
1: So the card medium, um, they're called Hue cards, and basically they're like a little credit card. Uh, the Sega Master System, uh, uh, yes. Mark Three, Mark I all had these little cards. The Master System had like a little extender, which went on the Master System adapter on the Genesis, and they had these little card games. But this was the format for the original TurboGrafx-16. The crazy thing in Japan with the PC Engine is there's like 27,000 different versions of the PC Engine. And then when you start adding on the CD-ROM add-ons and all the crazy shit later, they just kept on adding on little things and like incrementally upgrading the system with RAM and little things to, you know, make it a little bit better at a time. And that might be where They went wrong with the entire company model (laughs) because the PC engine destroyed. But then Nintendo releases the Super Nintendo. You know, Sega has the Genesis out too, and it's kind of outperforming it a little bit. So they're like, oh, let's put out a system that does a little bit better. But now you need this card to run these games off a CD. And then you need these other cards to run off a CD, and you have to have this other system. And it started to get a little crazy. Yeah, like super muddled. <laughs> yeah, that's where it got insane. And the turbografx sixteen never gained the market here in North America at all. The marketing plan out here was was pretty poor. It was kind of the same era that Nintendo Power was marketing like Earthbound stinks. They were trying to be too hip and cool. Oh, yeah. And like Turbo did the same shit, man. They were. It was pretty poor marketing. It's just insane.
0: Yeah, and we we actually have a whole episode in the backlog. It's PC Engine Madness. It's it's like part of an episode, but yeah, that pretty much spells it out all right there. Like which cards you need for what and how it all works. And it's just like insane. It, it's like a whole class that you would need to take in like video game school just to memorize all of it. So yeah, definitely check that one out. It's it's crazy, dude. Because there's multiple cards that you need if you have different consoles too. So we actually outline outline all of that just to support what Jeff's saying. It's like nuts, and that's kind of it. Muddled the whole idea, but it also in my mind it makes it cooler because it's so like tech based. Oh, it it makes it cooler
1: now as a collector for sure.
0: You almost feel like some fighter pilot, like plugging all the shit in.
1: (laughs) It's it's cool (laughs) where the Genesis is crazy with all the shit that it has.
0: Genesis 2 with all the extensions and the madness and the Frankenstein feel.
1: So going back to the release date of the Turbo, 1989. It was literally released um, two weeks after the Genesis test market. (laughs) So it was released so much later that it literally was trying to compete with the Genesis and they had a killer app. They had a killer game. But they decided to put Keith Courage and Alpha Zones with it instead of Blazing Lasers. If they would have put Blazing Lasers as a pack-in game, because that was available at launch, that would have crushed the Genesis, because Blazing Lasers is, like, amazing. And people would have flocked to that system. It's freaking crazy. Because, I mean, you're literally having to compete with Altered Beast at that time, back then.
0: Yeah, I believe it's called Gunhead on PC Engine.
1: Yes, Gunhead.
0: And... It's a compile game. Guardian Legend, and Aleste, and all of our favorites, you know. Uh, fucking Gunnack. So, yeah, that that game's fucking fantastic.
1: Um Keith Courage, what, what's it called? Is it some whack-ass, like... Hmm. It is called Mashin Ayudin Wataru. Okay, because
0: I remember our, our cousin
1: Brian, and we'll get into
0: him more, but... He was older than us, so he had more of the systems of the time because he could afford more, obviously, because he had a job and all that. But yeah, he had showed me Keith Courage, and it was like the machine phase was badass when you turn into the, the mech dude, but it was really repetitive. Like, every level is the exact same, basically. It just gets slightly harder where you, you go through the town part with Keith Courage, and then you turn into the mech.
1: And it was like, odd to be a um, packing title for, for a console at the time. And in each
0: level you would turn into the mech each time, but what was cool is your sword would grow longer and longer. And you did look cooler. you're kind of like a Samurai mech, but you're right, like there could have been so many awesome choices that I would rather have had, you know for sure, for a packing game if I had to choose if it was my company, which it wasn't, but if it was, we're just <laughs> pretending.
1: <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. And then um, the other cool thing about the Turbo graphics uh, and PC Engine is that they were the first console to have a portable version that played the exact same games. So, in the States, we had the Turbo Express, and you had the, P- the PC Engine um, GT for the uh, Japanese version. But basically, it played every single game. Nuts, right? And it was basically five years before Genesis would copy them with the Sega Nomad. So really crazy, actually, that they they pulled that off. And you know, it was, they even had a TV tuner adapter where you could play. Um, <laughs> you could you could watch your TV. When I think of Turbo
0: Express now, I always think of that the Game Chasers episode where Pro Jared's girlfriend was like randomly looking and she found it and like all of them missed it and she ended up getting like the Turbo. Express. <laughs> they're all so pissed
1: like what you know it's classic <laughs> classic yeah yeah the, the thing i always think of and it's the same thing that people um listening should keep in mind that the turbo graphics the pc engine the turbo express be very wary of the capacitors yeah, we need to talk about this. The capacitors have a tendency to go bad, but even if yours work fine, you may want to replace them because they will leak onto the motherboards. Because they were made, um, NEC made them cheaply at the lowest bidder, and literally they only last so many years. It's like 20 years or something, or maybe 30 years or, or something like that. And after 30 years, they go bad, bad, and it's almost 30 years now. So, like some of them leak early and you'll see like the picture looks really bad on the portable. Well, the actual systems do the same thing. So it's it's crazy and it's just something that you'll have to Google when you when you before you buy your system. and typically on eBay if you're buying or somewhere that you're buying it, it will say um, recapped. yeah, the the other ones you got to watch
0: out for the PC engine duo and the turbo duo. All three of those, PC Engine Duo, Turbo Duo, and Turbo Express, they were made within the same range. And uh, they were all made with subpar capacitors. Generally, sound issues at the very least. Uh, so you go for a PC Engine Duo R or RX if you want to get the disc-based system. And the, uh, the quality was fixed on those. So that's the key on that. And we also mentioned that in PC Engine Madness episode. But yeah, we have to mention it here, too,
1: just in case it's someone's first time. And the other crazy thing is the peripherals. Like, literally, there's only one controller port. So to play a multiplayer game, you have to have a multi-tap. Now, what's crazy is between the Turbo and the PC Engine, there's a different controller port. The Dual R has a littler one, a smaller version than the actual TurboGrafx-16 one, so I can't use the same controllers. In both my systems. Yep. Add on to that all the different adapter cards for RAM expansion and all that shit. And it's like, you gotta have a lot of little little gadgetry to, to get the system to work optimally.
0: The big thing that I noticed was the core length on the controllers is like crazy short. So you pretty much, it's like the Neo Geo.
1: Neo Geo, Neo Geo.
0: <laughs> Neo Geo, AES, oh yeah. You pretty much need an extension. You need a cord extension. You can get those, luckily, online, eBay, really cheap right now, at least the last time that I checked. You can get extensions. So I I got PC Engine extensions, Neo Geo, AES extensions. I mean, you pretty much need it, unfortunately. But yeah, the thing with the uh, PC Engine and the Turbo Graphics, they both only have one controller port, so... That that is always a crazy thing. Like all the cords are so short, they expected you just to like hover over it. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> First thing
1: I found when I when I got my system is a controller extension. Like it's a it's a must. Oh God! Yeah, it's it's like the same thing with the NES Classic. Now I had to get an extender for that shit. Now in 2017, <laughs> like this year, like this day and age, they're still not getting it right when it comes to wired stuff. Yeah. It's funny. Um, so I think it's time to do some stories. Uh, yours, I think might be, I don't know if yours is earlier than mine or not. So, cause you had Brian and I had the Pearsons.
0: Let's find out. Let's go
1: with yours. Let's see what you got. Okay. So basically the Pearsons were the kids in the neighborhood that I've mentioned in other seasons that basically had every freaking system in every game. So they got the turbo graphics near launch. And they lived literally two doors down from my my parents' house. So I would just go over there, but the the problem was they were troublemakers. So I would they never would want me to go over there. Like they always said the kids were, you know, little hoodlums and all that. They they were fine. Like they were they're probably assholes or whatever, but that's fine. We're all assholes. Uh- <laughs> So the games that I remember that they had, obviously, Keith Courage is a pack-in. I don't remember much about Keith Courage. I remember the transformation. Um, I don't really remember the extendo sword and all that. Like, And I don't remember playing a lot not as the robot either. But it's one of those things, like, as a kid, you almost have, like, nostalgia, rose-colored glasses thinking about stuff until you really dig deep into the stories. The other games that they had, uh, Bonk's Adventure, of course, which means like the Bonk came out a couple like a month later or something. So, I may not have went over to their house until a little bit later. But I always remember Bonk. Bonk is freaking outstanding. Oh god! That, in my opinion, should have been the pack-in game if you want to sell systems because that was just really fun, a perfect platforming, a really good difficulty level and just all-around colorful game. Especially because that was, you know, the the age of the mascot.
0: What's oh, the ace, dude? PC Genjin? Ace. Yeah. Beautiful. We we may have to do an episode of Homework on that eventually. I have actually never beaten the PC Genjin version, so it'll give me another reason to play it.
1: Oh. Huh. I've never beaten two or three, so that's interesting.
0: Yeah, I I beat the turbo graphics bunk, but it'll give me another excuse to play some... PC Engine version, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I've beaten Bonk. I haven't beaten Bonk's Revenger or uh, Bonk, Bonk 3.
0: They're all super good, and it's almost like they get better as it goes along, too. They definitely do. Then you have Air Zonk.
1: And Super Air Zonk.
0: Which is like the sh- the shoot 'em up version, which is amazing, too. Futuristic, like, Bonk style.
1: And that's actually another trivia is that Air Zonk and Super Air Zonk are two different games.
0: Those are worth a shit ton, too. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Super Arizona's like the sequel on the disc version, but it's it's a different fucking game. Then the third game that I remember that they had, they had more games than this, but the third game that I remember, which was like one of my favorites, was called Tricky Kick.
0: Ah, yes. I remember you talking about that when we were
1: young, too. You were always raving about it, yeah. Well, because it was literally like a puzzle-based game, and I could always figure it out. But the thing is, is that I don't know like how I had all the time to continually play the shit out of that game. Like, I remember playing it and figuring out a bunch of stuff. I don't know if they just went and did their own thing. I just sat there and played the TurboGrafx-16, and they weren't associating with me at their own house. Mm. <laughs> Sounds like something that my daughter does now. When she goes across the street, she goes and, like, plays and goes on the swings by herself. Because she didn't have a swing here. Oh, really? Maybe I literally did that, where I would go over to their house and just play video games, and they would go off and smoke dope or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. to say... <laughs> My parents assumed I was smoking dope with them, and really, I just wanted to play the video games I don't have. <laughs> yeah, you were you're never a big dope smoker, that's for sure. No, but, I mean, this is when I was younger, younger, too, though. Yeah. I was, like, nine, so. <laughs> but, like, Tricky Kick was always cool. Like, you literally have characters, and you kick them uh, around the screen, and when you hit two characters that are the same together, they eliminate from the screen. Kind of like a block pusher, but you kick fast really cool game and there's multiple different levels you can choose and each one has a different graphical theme it's like one's like a caveman one's futuristic one's like girls (laughs) anime basically but yeah man it's like that game was always cool but that was like my first experiences with the with the turbo and always has a soft spot in my mind because i always wanted it but never got it Okay. But, you know, they, like, dangled it in front of me. Like, we have this here. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> so let's hear the Brygon Jen story. Yes.
0: So, yeah, um, I would go with my mom. She would visit her Aunt Beulah, And uh, Aunt Beulah's son, her fourth son, was Brian.
1: Brygon.
0: He was, like, a genius, basically.
1: He was the crazy genius.
0: Yeah, like, he was a musician, But he could play, I remember him being like, turn on, like, whatever game you want, and I will, uh, play on keyboard exactly what the music
1: is. Oh, yeah, he would literally do that. Like, he would, he would play, like, a Nintendo game, and he could play it live, the music. Like, on point, not even having rehearsed. It was kind of why, like, we started playing video game music at Subcon, was kind of like that, but we were nowhere near proficient like that dude oh my god
0: he was like the keyboardist i always wanted yeah musically
1: he set a really high standard
0: <laughs> And yeah it was just like nuts and he was also just as good at games yep so he was kind of the first person that i knew who was into video games and into stuff like that because i was already into the nes so for someone else to be kind of more advanced than i was it's kind of like that protege thing in a way where you kind of look up to this person, like, oh wow, you know, they're, they're really good at the games and they, they know more than I do. So I'm just going to like sit underneath the learning tree.
1: Master and apprentice.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sister. So yeah, we went to uh, Brian's basement. So. Yes. All his brothers had moved out. He was kind of born, I would say like 10 or 15 years after the other brothers. Yeah. He kind of had that only child upbringing as well. So he had the whole basement to himself. This place was huge. Whiting, Indiana. It was like right by Wolf Lake. Yep. And the first time that I went down there, he's like, dude, check this out. Because I I was always in you know, your spooky tales and movies, horror shit, you know. So he was like, do check this out. Splatterhouse. And he popped on the turbo graphics. Whoa. Yeah. I was like, Whoa. <laughs> my mind was fucking blown. Like, yeah, just the intricate, colorful graphics, the huge sprites. Yep. Really detailed.
1: The gore
0: coupled with the classic controller feel of the NES though. I really need to stress that. Yeah. That's huge though. Cause the controller is almost identical. To the NES controller for the Turbo and PC Engine.
1: And with uh, the Turbo buttons on it, of course.
0: And then you have that. It's like built into it, which that brings a lot of controversy for high score people. Is Turbo allowed Is because it's on the controller? Is it, you know,
1: kind of a given that you can use it? Who's to say... I would say on that system, yes, because it is the Turbo graphics. It is the PC engine, like, it's built in.
0: And what else is cool, there's a built-in thing where even if you don't use Turbo, a lot of games, it's, like, already Turbo.
1: Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. <laughs> you just hold it down and it just goes, so... Don't hold the button down. It's not allowed. You have to tap it.
0: <laughs> I mean, this system basically gave me, like, another reason to, to exist, uh, like, aside from, the <laughs> <laughs> aside from the NES. It was like, oh, my God, like... This is a whole world <laughs> I don't know about and I need to know about.
1: Kyle's allowed to live now.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, eventually, when I grow up and have the money, I already saw it in my head. It was kind of like a car. <laughs> like, eventually I'm going to have this or that. But eventually, for me, I'm going to have, you know, all the games that I want, turbo Graphics and all this shit. And It blew my mind just as much as the NES. Now, I did wonder why... Jason's, uh, aka Rick's <laughs> mask <laughs> in Splatterhouse was reddish purple. Yeah. Until I got the unscathed PC Engine version, we're all, unscathed? Right. <laughs> we're always right in the world, but really, <laughs> um, that's the other thing where I didn't even realize there was a whole nother, in Japan, all the games generally are unscathed and then they're ported over here and chains just like the NES was changed from Famicom to NES. So it kind of follows that same thing, but that's also when we go into the pros and cons of Turbo versus PC Engine, that's a pro for the PC Engine all the way. It's like unaltered game exactly the way it was. Also, he had R-Type and like the first boss, he's like, you gotta see this boss and it was just like, it blew me it blew my mind. It was like massively impressive you know what i mean and the uh, giger hr giger shit again you know
1: oh yeah it looks almost identical to the arcade it's just like
0: whoa dude total sci-fi badass
1: monsterness you know
0: and um brian could no death that one and he did it in in front of me that's how fucking genius he was <laughs> he's like oh okay but the, here's the thing Um, and I definitely had, uh, the NES at the time, because I had borrowed Kid Icarus and Deadly Towers from him, and that leads into, and for nothing either, because I would go over there, like, a lot, because my ma and Aunt Beulah were close, because my ma lived, Aunt Beulah took my mom in when no one else would, because she had a fucked up upbringing. It wasn't my mom's fault, it was, everyone else's wasn't responsible, and, It was fucked up. But yeah, so she always went over there and they always... So then I would just go hang out with Brian. So the thing with Brian was, though, once he beat the game, it was essentially a glorified paperweight. Yep. And that kind of foreshadowed what's going to come later with the selling of everything. But yeah, yeah, so he didn't have the nostalgia like we do no definitely not it was done
1: I beat this game it's boring now well that's just one thing that came with his extreme intellect is the need to experience new things and express his intellect was crazy and he also had to stem that intellect by you know doing things to excess <laughs> yeah just it's his way yeah, it, it's like the mad genius,
0: you know, like one of the thousands <laughs> of different types, but that's one of them. And, you know, this was before the the SNES was released, so it was like a glance into what was to come as well for the Turbo because the SNES would have those gorgeous, colorful graphics, you know. Um, and he yep. did have, Brian did have, Brygon Jin, oh yeah, <laughs> he did have an SNES for a time, as I, re- I remember him playing Legend of the Mystical Ninja. Interesting. Yeah, and I knew once I played that, I was like, I have to have this game one day. And I eventually did get it before it rocketed too high in price. <laughs> Fuck. But um one day I went over there, shortly after that, and the basement was empty. But his veins were full. <laughs> <laughs> So that's pretty much the end. He sold all his shit, he sold all his keyboards, he sold his NES, his SNES, his Turbo, all that shit for fucking
1: junk. Felt victim to addiction.
0: Yeah, and that's that's kind of the first lesson in my life where, and he's dead now because he actually overdosed and died, so... Overdosed, yep. That was the first lesson in my life, the person who like took it too fucking far... Oh, definitely. I like loved him, you know. So that was the first person that I lost. I was like, "Fuck, dude." So that's why the heroin thing, man, is a sensitive thing with me because I hate to see it. It's really bad now. I I can't believe it because it's just so so horrible. But anyway, so that was the that was pretty much my first experience. Yep. And then I guess as far as we should go into like when we got our system fun time.
1: So, mine was later. I don't know how old you were with yours, because mine wasn't until, like, it was a random th- It was after, uh, like, high school, after college. So, we can lead into um, my next one's called Mike's Stories in Ohio. Cool. Yes. So, basically, after college and all that, I uh, worked maintenance for a little bit <clears throat> in Indiana. That's when we were playing metal. Yes, treats. And eventually, I moved out to Ohio to do tech support, um, living in my brother's basement, just trying to find a job, make a living. Um, and my brother and I would go hunting for games all the time. Years prior, you and I would went out to Ohio.
0: Yes, that was fun.
1: And we were we were hunting games and hanging out and looking for stuff. And I always remember my brother and I were always looking for terrible graphics every time we go hunting. I wanted to find a Turbo Express or a Turbo Graphics for like thirty or forty dollars. That was like my price range. I didn't want to pay more. I think we found one for like fifty when we went. And I didn't buy it. Back in the day
0: everything was <laughs> too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> it was though.
1: <laughs> so so that was the crazy thing, like so like I'd always do that and then the same thing would happen later too. So like, we would always see him. I'd see tons of games. And I never picked up any games because I didn't have the system. And I was always a stickler for that. I had to have the system to pick up the games. Um I wouldn't pick up a game that I didn't have the system for. Had to fucking play. So, mine, I didn't end up getting mine until later. Did you get yours before that? I think mine was either at the end of high school or right in college. Because I'm talking just Turbo right now. Yeah, just Turbo. <laughs> yeah, my first. It's turbo
0: turbo yeah
1: mhm so yeah cuz i think i remember like when we were playing metal that you would that we would play turbo at your place oh okay yeah it, it was
0: at um disc replay so it was at the disc replay in southlake mall there was a turbo graphics box for 40 bucks <laughs> And, yeah, it was kind of dirty, but I, I got home and I got fucking Q-tips out. Man, I, I made that shit shine like the sun, dude. <laughs> Shining like the sun.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that was kind of the what I would do with every system. You shine it up real
1: nice, turn that sunbitch sideways.
0: <laughs> yeah, and just anything that comes my way I, I that's like the Luke Morse... Mentality where
1: you just want to like save a <laughs>
0: save a soul, right? <laughs> save a soul.
1: Classic Luke Morris. You should see the the newest video he sent me. It's great. <laughs> the uh, barn. Bartendo, did you see that one <laughs> he sent that to me as a message <laughs> on facebook over the weekend he's like you need to, you need to drink a cold brew and watch this that's what he told me <laughs> i just watched it did you watch it yeah it's awesome yes dude that shit was so like Grime.
0: dirty man there's some. there's like nesting shit in there
1: man yeah it was pulling out dirt clumps it was so your trouble wasn't that bad was it <laughs>
0: no no god nah. no he, he said he had to get like a buffer out.
1: <laughs> like holy fuck, dude. like a floor buffer. <laughs> he didn't show that part. <laughs> oh fuck,
0: buffer. Someone's like uh video synopsis. Like he he bullshits for a while. Cut. Everything's fixed. <laughs> <laughs>
1: He needs to do like what a speed painter does and do like speed buffing. Dude,
0: I would love to see like what he does. Yeah, everyone wants to see like that's the secrets, you know.
1: Yeah. Did you did you read his um in the Super Nintendo compendium? Did you read his Super Nintendo fixing story that he wrote? It was great.
0: It was amazing, yeah, how he actually his first experience um he got a Super Nintendo from a flea market. Well, no, 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 it was from a pawn shop. He got a, flea, shop, a Super yeah. Nintendo from a pawn shop. But it was broken, and he was in a family of engineers, so he figured, you know, I I have the resources here, I can figure this out. But he couldn't open up the SNES because he didn't have the tools. So then he started, like, carving it out (laughs) and figuring out a way to actually open it up. But eventually, he was about to take it back, but I guess he figured out a way to fix it
1: there was one wire that he fixed, yep.
0: Yeah, like, long story <laughs> short, and that was the beginning of his fucking, like, career, basically. Because that's, that's what he does.
1: A little foreshadowing, the NES compendium, he has a four-page story. <laughs> it's awesome.
0: Man, yeah, that was a really good one. That was one of my favorite one write-ups in there. Cause it, yeah. You you really got lost in the his world. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: Which is hopefully what you guys are doing right now. That's so what we want you to get lost in our world for a little bit.
1: That's what that's what the compendiums are for. That's what VGBS is for.
0: Escapism, yeah.
1: Exactly. But yeah, man. So yeah, so you cleaned up your nice little turbo. Uh, <laughs> what games did you get with your original turbo? Now it, it just
0: came with um, Keith Courage but they also had splatterhouse so i bought splatterhouse i think it was like 20 25 bucks so like obviously someone had sold their their games yeah um blazing lasers too okay so yeah that was my very first and yeah it's just something special when you can have that moment that you've always wanted that system you know and there it is and that was when i decided like i'm going to master splatterhouse now and that was actually one of, now that I think about it, one of the first times where I became like that no death run high score guy where like, you know what? I'm gonna master this game now. I, this game has always been a part of my past and you gotta play this fucking game, you know, for me. So this is what it's all about. Absolutely. It encapsulates the action, the horror, the gore, you know, almost, um, growing up, you're still a kid, but yet, you know, this stuff's like kind of adult and, You got the Friday the 13th horror aspect. So, yeah, I mean, how much more badass can you get? I just played the shit out of it until I mastered it, and I was like, well, this equation seems to work. I'm going to do this with every game. And Brian, also, he had, like, little hints, like with Splatterhouse with the uh, shotgun.
1: Oh, yeah, the juggling.
0: Yeah, when you come up across the second shotgun in the field level, when you drop the shotgun, you drop it a little bit in front of you. So what that means is you can just pick up and drop, pick up and drop those two shotguns because they'll always drop a little bit in front of you, meaning you're advancing through the level as they're dropping. So you can have two shotguns for the chainsaw boss, the double chainsaw Leatherface slash Jason with the sack Friday the 13th Part 2 boss.
1: And Ash Chainsaw Arms.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and it's a part of the arms also which is fucking amazing, all of that combined. See, that's this thing, why that game is amazing. So, to me, if I had only one game to buy for all time, I have to have Splatterhouse. That is the reason, that was my, like, 99% of my incentive, actually.
1: To get a turbo?
0: Yes. And that's what's crazy about it. Like, it was that huge for me. And then I got a PC Engine and realized, oh my god, like...
1: Yeah, everything goes crazy.
0: Ninja Gaiden and Shinobi and fucking Jackie Chan. So that was the beginning. Yeah. It's just crazy, though, because you're used to the NES, and like you said, with the dual 8-bit processors, all of a sudden you have this precursor to the SNES that's like twice as gorgeous.
1: Well, and it's it's the best of both worlds, too, because the difficulty is still right up there. Whereas the Super Nintendo, we've mentioned multiple times, it seemed like they made it child's play for a lot of games.
0: Oh, a lot of games are easy, where, yeah, the Turbo slash
1: PC Engine games are not as easy. Yep. Yeah. So, my first Turbo, I wouldn't get until much, 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 much later. Um, It was actually after I got back from Germany, in Florida.
0: What what time was this? What year, circa? What would you say?
1: Two thousand nine. Okay, <laughs> almost a decade. <laughs> yeah, eight years ago. But um, and it goes right up to when I got also the PC engine. So it'll go actually hand in hand. But. Basically I finally got my turbo graphics uh from a local game store. I think it was ended up being sixty bucks or eighty bucks or something it was by itself. Um obviously the prices were rising, so I just pulled the trigger. Um but I had a job at this point. I had a career at this point.
0: Yeah. Woo! Money.
1: That was a much different, you know, situation than before. The games that I got were the Keith Courage, uh Bonk Splatterhouse, and one that we haven't talked about, a Superstar Soldier. Ah, yes. Hudson Love. Which was the only one that I got uh, that was Hugh Card only. I always collect complete. Me mm, too, if I can. This was the first one that I got. But it was, like, dirty on it, too. It was hilarious. like, But it was Superstar Soldier.
0: I'd get a card if it's a deal, you know? Like, I'll make my own fucking case if I have to. That's the other thing. And it was. And it'll probably be cooler than the original. You know, that's the other thing, like, nowadays. Shit.
1: Yeah. So that game, though, the Superstar Soldiers, you know, the, the classic vertical shoot 'em up um, there's, what is it, Superstar Soldier, there's Final Soldier and Soldier Blade yes. that are excellent. Um, mm-hmm. Both those, those other two were not released in the U.S., though. But, like, Superstar Soldier is just a, a really awesome game, kind of like Blazing Lasers.
0: Yeah, and that's that's sometimes thrown into the same
1: family, too. Sometimes. Sometimes. But, yeah, yeah so that, that was my interesting aspect. Um, by the time I actually had my Turbo, though, now, mind you, that I was already playing the Turbo Graphics and everything on my computer via emulation, of course. So I already was exposed to all that. Uh, more so, I was actually playing on my modded PSP, PlayStation Portable. I had Turbo on there, and I haven't actually talked about that. <laughs> That's a shit, by the way. So we gotta talk about that. We cannot fucking pass because my whole time in the army when I was in Germany and I was deployed in Iraq for 15 months I had my PSP modded with Turbo Graphics games and that's when I was playing Splatterhouse and I was playing Final Fantasy VI um the Super, on the Super Nintendo emulator so I was I had everything portably with me and I could play my retro games and that's actually what kind of got me heavily ingrained back in the retro gaming scene was literally the availability of the PSP and being able to play a lot of stuff at once. Um, The PSP was like perfect emulation too because you had a community that were developing emulators specifically for it. So it wasn't just like a general PC emulator where they make it for like every PC. It was made to run on the PSP properly. So they would take an emulator and make it better for that system. It was really cool, man.
0: Yeah, you sent me a screenshot of you playing Jackie Chan, and I was like, you son of a
1: bitch. <laughs> son of <laughs> a bitch.
0: <laughs> I was like, oh, dude, that's like, how much cooler can it get?
1: You're goddamn pal. Goddamn pal, there's <laughs> no bad capacitors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, just, it was just a crazy aspect, and the, the PSP is like... I mean, I was playing on a computer before that, but the PSP really hit home and just made it really worth experiencing. The problem is with it is I had the whole Ninja Turtle theory, the, you know, had every single game at my whim. So I would avoid games because I had too many and didn't know what was good and what wasn't. So you'd have the whole trying out a game for two seconds deal.
0: Yeah. The classic multi-cart syndrome.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, that's why I like doing some of these lists for the books too is because I figure out the awesome games and then I have a place for my mind to go. <laughs> I can open up a book and you know find a, a cool game and then hone in on that and then we can make that our bullshit homework, which then we can talk about it and everything becomes exponentially more awesome now
0: but then we have skin in the game mentally mm-hmm it's 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 like anything once you warm up to anything you it changes the whole dynamic of it, the whole perception.
1: Yep. Yeah, you have to go deep though. So going with the story. So I, I experienced the Turbo graphics and I knew that there was more than just the US games and that they were way fucking better in Japan. And I just got my Turbo, but I had cash. Um, I started looking around online and I found this dude. That does mods. And so, literally, he did mods of PC engines and everything. And it was like 80 bucks or something. I got, I could get a region modded PC Engine Duo R. And he threw in a game, uh, which was Dragon Spirit, but the PC Engine version. Nice, nice. That game's awesome. And the arcade card and an Avenue 6 pad. And it was, like, less than $100 shipped for all that. And modded and recapped and everything. Badass. Can't fucking beat that, though. So, like, I literally got that, like, maybe two months after I had my turbo for the first time. And the modding community back then was fucking awesome. Like, it was just really cool. The only thing is, is that I didn't upgrade the picture quality. So I still had the typical AV cables. And the cable that he included was, like, an original. And as soon as I plugged it in, like, one of the audio ones, like, came right out. <laughs> so, like, it was, like, busted. So, I had oh, to, like, kind of resolder type thing. So, I literally had to wait until I realized that the Genesis cable for my Model 1 was exactly the same.
0: Yes, that's right.
1: Then I was good. But it's only mono, whereas the PC Engine 2R is... It
0: had two. Stereo. Yeah.
1: Red and the white. Yeah, and and that cable is still mono, <laughs> and from the Genesis, so it's just a crazy ass thing.
0: That's a cheap fucking alternative, which is really good though.
1: Hell yeah,
0: because you can get those on eBay for like nothing, whereas people are pricing PC engine shit up the ass, dude.
1: For sure. Right now, if you look up a duo, I guarantee you it's more than a (laughs) hundred bucks. Oh God,
0: I don't even want to think how much they are now. Oh, now I gotta look. I've had mine for over ten years, so it's it's kind of like oh Jesus.
1: So let's go into uh, your your PC Engine story now.
0: That's and that's exactly how it was. I started looking up online and realizing, wait a minute, like there's so many more games for PC Engine. What
1: is it? What is it? $300. Three hundred dollars. <laughs> well, three hundred to three to to six hundred dollars, depending. Is that what's the details, the specs on it? Uh, like three hundred dollars for the RGB region free new lens, jailbar fix, recap with a controller and AV cable. What's the model? Uh, the Duo R. Yeah, so what I'm looking up. is the Duo R right now. So yeah, three hundred dollars for the Duo R. Like, jeez no box or anything like that um no box <laughs> jesus what
0: what an investment to make it's like neo geo 2 those are the sports cars
1: if you hunt it you can probably get it for about three 350 um yeah, yeah those are
0: the sports cars though
1: <sighs> yeah for for real
0: yeah they're the ferraris and the lamborghinis i'd say neo geo is the lamborghini and um pc engines the ferrari
1: well my thing is is. If you're gonna spend $300 for a bare bones working one, you might as well spend an extra 80 bucks for a fully modded one. But you got skin in the game already. So, you might as well just do it right, get it completely modded. But it's just so expensive nowadays. Like, crazy. That's why, that's why emulation's looking great for people nowadays.
0: Now, I, I have scored a lot of, um, core graphics, so, after the PC Engine, yes, the, the original version. There's a Core Graphics one and Core Graphics two, and they are RCA slash AV, whatever you want to call it. You don't have to worry about RF and it's a direct connection. So, ultimately, I was like, okay, well, I really need to get a Core Graphics and that was what i started with and i would just pluck like lowball bids like back in the day i think i got one for like 15 or 20 bucks i mean no one wanted them like that was the weird thing that electronics is an interesting thing because people understand it and other people don't and the people that don't technically just sell it off and like i don't know how to fucking use this thing like take it i really don't care like but the people who do know how to use it, or it's like it's gold, you know, because knowledge is power. So oh, exactly. In one of those auctions, I had grabbed a uh, AC adapter and a bunch of different like hookups and stuff. So that was another like lot that I got. So I was just plucking shit off. It was paradise back then, dude.
1: What was What was crazy, though, is that, like... It was beautiful. Not knowing all the details behind the whole PC Engine thing and not knowing the incremental upgrades, it was kind of like, you know, I had my Turbo. I wanted, you know, to play the Japanese games. I'm like, oh, man, should I just get my Turbo modded? I started looking at it. I'm like, oh, I could get a modded Core Graphics. Now I'm looking, oh, what's this this duo thing oh there's a whole CD system that I didn't know about oh there's upgrades to the CD system oh the RX is $500 let me get the R that's $80 (laughs) the RX was always fucking expensive I don't know why it always was
0: it was a special limited you know release high demand that kind of shit
1: but yeah it was like hilarious and like you were just sitting there freaking smorgasbord just buying up systems (laughs)
0: really ultimately led me to the pc engine was like in japan everything's like so well taken care of yeah i mean it, it's like crazy though like they're like me and you mm-hmm. where they get it and it's like okay keep it in the state that it's in we're not going to throw it around we're going to treat it like fucking gold and that's what i noticed about Japan, and I was, like, gravitated to the spine stickers in the PC Engine games that are rarely ever peeling away. They're always, like, right on point, fucking perfectly tapered down, just like the day they were released from the factory.
1: So a spine sticker is something that we should probably explain, since I don't think we've ever talked about them. There we go. But basically in Japan, you right. had your CD jewel cases... And what they would do is, before they would seal the game with the with the, you know, the cellophane or the, the plastic, they would put these, like, little stickers over the edge that were, like, paper and just made it look super fucking badass. Mm-hmm. And, like, it would just go over it, and it would have, like, a little bit of text on it, too, and it would be colorful, typically. Yes. So the ones on CD are, like, detached,
0: but the ones, the, the Hue Card ones... It's actually, a, it's just like the TurboGrafx 16 where there's a sticker that just goes around the spine. Normally in the North America, the TurboGrafx sticker has either been pulled away or ripped or something, but man, in Japan, everything's fucking pristine. It's just like, beautiful. And then that even goes into the case. There's like never any cracks. Whereas you yeah. you find a fucking turbo graphics game in the wild, oh my god, it's like a watching a holocaust. I mean, there's like destruction everywhere.
1: The worst part is is that the back part of the turbo, which same with PC engine, is not, is the sticker, so you can't just replace that with a jewel case like you can with a PlayStation One game. Uh, the front part you can, thank God. And what it shows
0: to me is the American, like, culture doesn't give a fuck. And the Japanese culture is super respectful, like... Yeah. Because in, anything that my parents gave me, man, I took fucking care of that shit. And I I understood that they worked their fucking asses off to make me happy. For my fucking little needs, That didn't mean shit. So that's the thing, like... A lot of kids don't even understand that. They're not even in that mindset where it's like, whatever, I'm just going to throw this shit around. I always kept my room fucking clean. I don't... I also realize you you get what you give, and to play your game, you got to play their game, and why not just make them happy, and then everything is good in the world. Yeah. So, that was my mentality, <laughs> but that was the whole thing, so... I always took care of my shit, so I noticed with a lot of times Turbo Graphics shit was destroyed. They're generally destroyed in the wild, but they, there's that extra arm piece that holds the the card in place for the Turbo Graphics for a lot of games. Oh yeah, that shit's broken off, you know. So there's all there's all these like other hoops you gotta jump through. I mean, to me, if I was to, to collect for Turbo Graphics, I'd almost just have to go straight Hue card because it's way too expensive. But see, the PC Engine is where I was like, okay, these games are way cheaper, the quality is way better, the cases are never cracked, the stickers are always intact.
1: And the games typically are not edited. Like, Splatterhouse has the correct sprite of Rick. Yes,
0: White Jason Voorhees. It's just so much easier to collect, in my opinion, for the PC Engine. But looking now... I'm pretty sure they're probably creeping up to turbo Graphics status. Turbo Graphics have always been worth a little bit more. It's always been harder to get a box turbo Graphics. Why? Because the box was really frail and brittle, and it would break and crumple up and shit like that, and people would mostly throw it away. So that was actually a box that went over the actual turbo Graphics CD case. So if you have one of the boxes... That's a microcosm because now you've jumped through that hoop, of that person actually saved the game and the box that's super rare, so the games are worth a shit ton, because most Americans treated their stuff like shit. <laughs> so that's just how <laughs> that's just how it was though. Half the friends that I knew, their fucking houses were like a disaster area. Like it's just how it
1: was. So you're looking at two hundred. On the low end, two hundred and eighty actually. On the low end, two twenty five to two eighty on the low end, and about three four hundred dollars to get a box Turbo Graphics. Um, Splatterhouse, by the way, I just looked up Splatterhouse. Both count, both of them is about eighty dollars boxed for Splatterhouse on Turbo or PC Engine. Now, PC Engine just had the CD case. Uh, that that's only the case for the Turbo, not the box. Yeah, and most of the
0: time also the PC engine comes with the card
1: sleeve. So all the PC engine boxes are about two fifty to three hundred dollars box too. Everything's about two fifty to three hundred dollars for boxes. For the consoles. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me let me see if the, the actual turbo graphics with the box for Splatterhouse. Mm there isn't any. <laughs> so a lot of people don't know that. So you had your classic jewel case. And then there's a box that goes around that shit that the jewel case goes in.
0: Turbo graphics, like I was saying, that like, was very brittle and would get bent and a lot of people would discard. Hence the worth of those boxes. It's a microcosm to retain that.
1: And then, later on, games like Newtopia 2 didn't have a jewel case. were only released in a box with the little plastics.
0: Yeah, like the later Genesis games where it was all cardboard and black and white instructions,
1: they started skimping on the meat. now there were people that um like my copy of Newtopia 2 that I got from the SEAL collector is he has a version of this of the actual CD jewel case in their custom version too. So That's badass. Yeah, it's that way it's it's the same as every other game. But yeah, there's there's not a box of Spider-House online. Literally they say complete. But they don't show the side spine at all. And they're selling for $90 and they're not, like, showing you the side, like... The side spine of the
0: PC Engine and the Turbo Graphics,
1: Fucking important.
0: ...is relative to the top label on the NES.
1: Exactly. And these motherfuckers aren't showing it.
0: And a lot of people on eBay do not show the top label of the NES on their auctions. And I... Fucking would, would grill them and drill them and I would say, hey, what does your top label look like? We appreciate a top picture. Sometimes you just gotta be pushing that shit because people don't understand. I also think people tried to hide shit. Yeah. And we've seen that. And we've seen that. We, we got something at Disc Play or whatever the fuck it was and we took off the actual price tag and underneath that the label was torn.
1: Oh, that was my buddy, uh, Jeff Smith, uh, from Nintendo Age. Dude had, um, it was incantation for the Super Nintendo. I was like, dude, that is bullshit because that's false advertising. Like, what's funny though is that he didn't know that, it, it, he wasn't there. He didn't know they did that. And when I went back down there for Nintendo H camp out like a year or two later, I told him, I was like, hey dude, I got this incantation from you guys and the label was ripped underneath the sticker that was on top of the label. He's like, What? I showed him pictures. We took pictures of that shit. So they're actually good people in the... <laughs> well, the owner of it's Nintendo HD. So, so here's the thing. The $100 one TurboGrafx Splatterhouse. Like, the first picture shows the front of the manual, the hue card in the little sleeve, and the, the front. The next one, it shows the, they show the manual has a little nick in it, but they don't one time show the side of that damn jewel case. They don't show it. So I don't know if that label's good or not. I don't fucking know. See,
0: that paranoid Kyle uh, starts thinking, are they trying to hide something? They might be. So that's when I'll message him. I'll be like, hey, man. And usually, it's all good.
1: It's like when you want $100 for a game, how about you, you take a picture of each piece? <laughs> Dude, Turbo's getting fucking super expensive. I think th- there's still some cheap games for like $20. bucks.
0: i am a seller at heart because I know what I want. So if I selling a game, I would take a picture of every fucking angle. But, actually, here's here's the backwards world that we live in. Then you go to the Pedro site, and he's selling his shit out, and he doesn't even have individual photos.
1: Nope, he definitely doesn't.
0: None of those people fucking care what their game looks like when they get it. So, actually, I'm in the microcosm.
1: (laughs) You are, man.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh. And that's the lesson where... It's actually the
1: opposite. Like, most people don't give a fuck. <laughs> and I just bought a t-shirt. Son of a bitch. Yes! It's a, it's a vintage TurboGrafx-16 Splatterhouse t-shirt from back in the day. XL. Brand new. <laughs> and it's an original.
0: Yes, that was the one we saw in the frame, remember? Yeah. They had it for like 80 bucks at the convention. Yeah. <laughs> and you got an extra large. The convention one was like a medium, so it would fit like a child. A really skinny person.
1: This is my size. Time to put it in a frame. <laughs> oh, that's a great find, dude. Fuck yeah! See, that's like a special. That's a convention shirt. That's that's a VGBS freaking live find. Like, I'm literally looking it up while we're bullshitting about splatter. I was looking up the freaking just to see what the prices are. And I found a vintage shirt.
0: <laughs> you never know, man. Never fucking know.
1: Never know what you're going to get.
0: <laughs> oh, and also for custom card sleeves, for Graphics and PC Engine. So, card sleeves are really expensive. Most times, again, in Japan, if you get PC Engine, you will get your card sleeve. But, a lot of times, if you get your Graphics game, no card sleeve to be found. So, I recommend using the Ultra Pro Deck Protectors, used for, like, Magic the Gathering, you know. Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, all that shit. They have a pretty sturdy backing, and they fit great. So you could get a pack of those for super cheap. Probably you could get a pack of those for the amount you pay for one of those sleeves
1: online. Nice. So that, that's a good little uh compensation.
0: And the other thing I've seen people do, they use the baseball card pages that would go into the binders.
1: You literally put them in a binder, yeah.
0: They they have that for selling a lot of the conventions, you know?
1: Yeah, it makes it easy to flip through.
0: Yeah, it's smart, too. It's the same with Magic the Gathering cards, which are awesome.
1: If you actually had, like, a smaller one, you could put it on your game shelf and, like, put Turbo Graphics fucking stickers on it, and then you could, like, literally go through your cue card only collection.
0: There's a lot you can do with that, and there's a lot of directions you can take that in. Because they're so small, too that they don't totally take up that much space. That's a whole nother like, amazing realm you can go into, man. Yeah, the the cards, I fucking love the cards. They're just, like you said, the Sega Master System ones, too. They're fucking awesome.
1: The next thing that I have on my list is going into detail on the CDs and burns versus real discs. Burn discs versus real discs. Ooh, perfect. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) So basically, the PC Engine... Along with the Sega c d and the 3 d and the cDI um none of those have protection when it comes to burned games because burners weren't a big thing back then, and they were relatively expensive um so basically nowadays you can get discs for what like ten cents apiece um. So you could literally have an entire PC Engine and TurboGrafx CD collection for next to nothing.
0: Not only burn protection, but region protection.
1: Yeah, and and region protection as well. And you can burn the games. You can also, if somebody does a translation or something like uh, Dracula X Rondo of Blood with English audio over it from the PSP remake you can put that on a disc and play it in your system. It's like the Wild Wild West. <laughs> Fucking amazing. It is, though. Do whatever. No restraints. So the one thing that I've heard, I've even heard it on recent podcasts, is if you use a burn disc, it's going to ruin your laser. I always hear that. So basically, what it is, is that when you, back in the day, when you would burn a disc, number one... Uh, the computers would not be powerful enough to burn a disk properly, so it would, the, when it would burn, it would burn fragments of the files in weird random places. So when the CD would go to read it, the game would boot up, and then the laser would have to jump around to read the data for your game, so it wouldn't be like a smooth read like if you had the actual CD game. Now, a days the computers are completely super powerful you just burn on a slower speed it's like 4x or below and it'll burn it nice perfect and it'll burn it right on the edge of the ring so it just reads it real easily and that's that's the key so then that is a complete like used to be a thing now it's a a little bit of a fallacy because you'll still see people on forums swearing that these burn discs are going to ruin your, your uh, drive. I have never replaced my drive since I got my modded PC Engine Duo R. I'm assuming that he replaced the, the laser. Um, he may have. He may not have. But I've been playing burns in mine frequently since then. i never had an issue. When it comes to the PC Engine um, Duo R, it's a complete fallacy uh, for that. Now, t- to me, if I come across the deal, I'll pick up the legitimate discs. However, in order to just play games, like, we could literally do bullshit homework on anything. We've already done, in Season 1, we did Dracula X Rondo Blood. Do you own the actual copy?
0: I do own Rondo, and I do own Spriggan, and I I also play those on Burn. But if I didn't own those, I would also play those on Burn. Well, exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> The thing is is though is that it's very convenient. I have a complete like c d case filled with every single I always call them every good pc engine game' cause, um I, I the thing is is that there's a ton of RPGs and shit that you don't understand, which goes into why I do that for the book now right it's a big thing this is shit that I wanted but like it's literally really easy and every game's a fucking hundred dollars or more now so like. Anything that's worthwhile is going to cost you an arm and a leg, so you might as well just have them all to play, and then as you find them for a good deal, you pick them up for the collection. It's a win-win. As
0: true pirates, go to MU Paradise. Oh, yeah, burn an ISO (laughs) file. Get yourself some um, CD-Rs and 20, 25 bucks for like 100 of them, at least 100 spindle on eBay and go fucking crazy.
1: Here's what's really, really crazy nowadays, though. So we've progressed as a society beyond the need for CD drives on our computers. My computer doesn't even have a CD drive. Well, oh, that's crazy. So you can get a peripheral like USB then, right? Mm-hmm. So I have a Blu-ray burner that I had from a long time ago. I haven't burned disks since I moved the last time. Like I, I burned a few so um, to- so we could do the Rondo episode. Um, But since then, I haven't burned it. I have everything that I want. I'm good, but if I ever need to, I mean, I'll have to have an external drive. And even nowadays, you can find external drives at Goodwill for next to nothing. That's what I'm thinking. It's just
0: like the the old disk drives, how they were USB, remember?
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, the floppy
1: disks and shit. Yeah, and it's... Like, if you want it 3.0 in the best version, you're going to have to spend a a couple bucks, but... In order to burn some CDs the proper way with your high power computers nowadays, it's it's not an issue at all. Here's here's where this goes into. Now, burns versus real disc, right? What do you think, Kyle, about the guys that are doing the PC engine memories box sets? So they're literally reproducing PC engine and turbo C D games in the actual jewel cases with like a four game box set and they're doing lots of games like rare ones and putting them out there. I
0: think it's awesome. Especially for collectors.
1: Mm-hmm. There's there's a huge sect of the Turbo community that and Peace Engine community that absolutely despises the guy because he's making money. He's making a ton of money. But he's reproducing games and they're barely distinguishable from the originals. So, you know, they're they're worried that it's going to dilute the market and all this, but the games that he's making are $1000 fucking games.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm more of from a finalist aspect where I'm going to do what I want and anything that benefits my collection. I don't really give a fuck like what everyone else thinks. I don't even know what everyone else thinks. I'm in my own fucking world, and that's where I like it.
1: It's not <laughs> like he's doing burned discs. He's doing legitimate press CDs. It's like the CDs have that crazy like foiling to them or whatever. Like the art's amazing. Like I got one of the box sets. I got a um. He did a caravan set, so I got the shoot him, shoot 'em up caravans. I also got a copy of. Rondo um, in English, pressed, which is badass.
0: And I guess that's what's cool about being like disconnected. I can look at everything from a cleansed point of view, like a pure, a pure point of view where I don't even know what anyone's saying. But if it looks, if it's, if it looks cool for my collection, and if this, if all the the art is done well, it is. To me, I'm a quality person, so
1: that's really the thing. So so think about this is when I ordered this he threw in like a bonus game of something which was an extra full fucking game. He also threw in a PC engine like gold coin. That's badass. <laughs> Minted? <laughs> like there's a bunch of cool shit like the guy is above and beyond. He's just making cool collector pieces, but imagine people that are collecting with the intent to have a, I don't know, a collection that is monetarily sound, like if you're saving up for your kids' college, but in TurboGrafx and PC Engine games, that's what it always seems like. The people that want to have their stuff be worth what they paid or more, they're mad.
0: Well, there's that purist thing, but I think there's a difference between this and, like, Flintstones 2 remakes on online for, like, $30. That, to me, is way different than this. Some people might say it's the same thing. Like, well, it's like sinning, you know, what's the difference between sin, but sin's a sin. But, no, nah, I, I don't know. In my opinion, this... Like Flintstones 2 and the Little Samson's remakes, that's actually like trying to fool you for real. Yeah. But this guy, I don't
1: think, is trying to fool you for real. Like, you know what he's selling, right? He's definitely not fooling. I think, I think at the PC Engine logo, it just says PC Engine Dreams or whatever it is underneath, or Memories. But you know, it's not
0: like actually something from the factory, like. Back in the day. Oh, of course. Well, then who the fuck cares? Leave him alone. Yeah, that's
1: that's my opinion.
0: He's doing a passion project. Leave him the fuck alone. That's the thing. Because people, they don't differentiate. But see, when you're trying to trick people and you're trying to sell a game that you know, Flintstones 2 that's worth upwards of $500 and it looks exactly the same.
1: But it is Flintstones 2, but it's not. It's the fucking repro. That's wrong.
0: That to me is way different than hey let's let's release something special that the fans might like. So go ahead and shit on someone's project. Now they're not going to do another one thanks to your ass. Exactly. Fuck you.
1: Oh, he's still doing them. He don't give a shit.
0: Damn <laughs> right. Fuck those people. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's my take on it though, and you know exactly what I mean. Like yeah,
1: hey, they're they're a little too pricey for me. I think they're almost like a hundred bucks each for the box sets. But there's four games, and that means they're $25 a-, a game sealed. No one's putting a gun to your head, right? Sounds like haters to me, man. That's always what you get in the collector communities. Yeah. People that don't like that you're making something new. Um, I There's people that hate on my books because of that. And it's like, really, dude? Right. So you've seen it, like, firsthand, you know? Shoreside. Yeah. So that's the thing. And then we go to the Turbo Everdrive stories. So I was one of the people that actually supported Stone Age Gamer right after Crix's, who's the one who makes all the Everdrives, after he released it and Stone Age Gamer bought them as waiting for them to ship. They were doing a molding process to have a little plastic piece over the board. Because when Crix's does the Everdrives, it's just literally a bare bones board. Well, they wanted a little piece of plastic so it looks like an actual Turbo game. Oh, geez, that's
0: be way back in the D. When was that? It
1: <laughs> was fucking right when they released this shit. And of course, just for everybody, just for sake, the EverDrive lets you put a micro SD card on your Turbo chip and play every single game. And there's a region switch, so you can switch the region depending on your system, um, and it's region free. So once you have it, you can play any region of any game. So you won't, you don't have to mod your system if you have an Everdrive. So that's excellent. So yeah, I, I got the deluxe version. Comes in a cool ass case that's a little thicker with a manual, everything. And it came with a mouse pad too. <laughs> turbo, turbo Everdrive mouse pad.
0: Damn. <laughs> oh, I don't want to throw in the, the hue cards weren't
1: region free. No. That's why you had to have the, re- that's why I wanted a region mod for my turbo. And then I went to the PC Engine Duo R, and then it had a mod, which is literally like a little switch in the back of mine that you flip up or down, and they wrote on the back on a piece of tape, says US JP, and you flip it up or down if you want to play US or JP games. With the EverDrive, there's a little toggle, but when you load the ROM, the ROM can literally play on either system. It's really weird.
0: It's kind of like um, the Famicom versus Nintendo with the pin connector difference. Yeah. That's what the Hue card with between PC Engine and Graphics. But then the CD was just straight up region free. They just do whatever you wanted. Yeah, and that's what's cool because if you have a PC Engine CD, you can still get the English version of Ease
1: and you can read all the story. Exactly. Beautiful. And... The Turbo EverDrive does not play CDs. So um it only plays the chip games. So that's something to keep in mind.
0: Right. It's it's a Hue card emulator essentially. Mm-hmm. It's a mass hue card like mothership.
1: It also can emulate the uh arcade cards and stuff too for the C D. Oh right. So, like, the arcade card for the PC Engine CD. Strider. To play. Strider. Hi, where you? Sapphire. All that shit. So, so later on, NEC tried to release a Super Graphics, which is new. Uh, upgraded. It's true 16-bit. All that fun jazz. I think they released six or seven games. Yep. Now, the Turbo EverDrive does play Super Graphics games in a Super Graphics system. <laughs> Really, really weird. I actually had a Battle Ace, which I think I might still have it. It's not with my Turbo Collection. So I got it real cheap somewhere.
0: I was with you when you got that. Yeah, it was a good find, man. You got that for like under 10 bucks, probably.
1: Yeah, and it was like, I didn't have a t- Super Graphics. I was looking for one forever, never found a cheap price. It keeps skyrocketing.
0: We normally don't get games that we don't have the system for, but. Yep. There is always an exception, and this is one of them. If you see a Super Graphics game, you fucking get it, because there's only a few, number one, so it's not like you have this huge fucking library. And number two, they're just special, and it's just a a great thing with history, especially if you're, you know, a Turbo or PC Engine person. The Super Graphics, it looks like an engine block. Yeah. just fucking badass, I think there's a CD port on the back of the Super Graphics as well. And the cool thing with the shuttle, though, the controller is is unique, and it looks cool. It has, like, curvatures to it that are different.
1: Yeah, oh yeah.
0: I've been trying to track one down for a while, but they're
1: always, like, way too much. Someone always picks me off. So the interesting thing about these Super Graphics cards is that they're actually, the artwork's upside down on them. And the artwork shows on the top of the little engine block when you play the game, like in the little window. It's it's really crazy.
0: That's kind of cool, though, because it's how you can tell
1: if it's a super graphics game, like, right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The stuff that I like is, you see this right here, it's a PC engine battle pad, and it's like <laughs> circular, it's made by HE, and it's like, it looks fucking awesome. That's the kind of weird shit that I like. PC Engine Battle Pad, huh? Yeah, it's like rounded looking. It looks crazy. Looks like a, looks like a baby's toy. There's also a Battle Tap that has a a little four player adapter. (laughs) Oh,
0: that's cool too though. No, I totally get that too. The Battle Pad's awesome. I've never even seen that before.
1: But it's $50.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's all overblown. You gotta like, lowball bit it and hope you win kind of shit.
1: Controller extensions right now are six bucks online. That's not bad.
0: Yeah, get the extensions, get the fucking extensions. Neo Geo two. Neo, Neo Geo. Neo Geo. Neo Geo.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so the other aspect is there is a turbo graphics PC engine homebrew community. Ah, uh, yes. Um basically it's just our buddy Sarumaru um and Jesse that are doing Henshin Engine. Henshin Engine fun. I think that's really the only one that's new that's going on. There's been a bunch, like Atlantean and Satlantean, which was a limited version. Um Mysterious Song, which was an RPG. Um there's also like Pyramid Plunder and, a, and there's a few that were released, but typically there's not a ton of them. <laughs> Desert Wasteland, huh? Yeah, there's not not a bunch. Um, but there's still, but like, Henshin Engine's gonna set the bar really high.
0: Yeah, hopefully it'll inspire too, you know?
1: Yeah, that's the thing. I have a, um, I have a, a demo CD of it. But yeah, it's, the Henshin Engine one's gonna be super cool. I do have another story, um, so when I was moving from Indiana out to Maryland a few years back, um, we had to get rid of some stuff. Uh, we had a bunch of arcade machines. We had to trade off to local game store, Reaction Games, you know, classic guys. And they basically, instead of, like, giving us cash, we just traded for games. Because my wife at the time was selling some stuff on eBay. Um, so we are like, oh, we will just take extra games, and I'll keep anything that's collectible. Uh, one of the things that I finally got out of that trade was a recapped Turbo Express. is a beautiful deal right there. Beautiful deal, um, and my my wife convinced me to to let her sell it though later, but um, cause I never played it, and it eats batteries <laughs> like a motherfucker. So just like the Sega Nomad, it's it's kind of just a, a shelf candy at that point, um, and I think they were selling for three four hundred dollars or something. So I just remember playing it on a video for her for her for her eBay thing, <laughs> but. Finally getting that Turbo Express was cool just to have it at one time. Um, the other thing I got from them, which was free, was a TurboGrafx-16 box. All right, But it's like falling apart, but it's free. <laughs> the final Turbo story that I have right. is from last year at Retro World Expo. All right, one more to lead us out. Let's do it. Jesus um, <laughs> so there was a collector there that had every single TurboGrafx 16 game sealed mm-hmm. delicious <laughs> and so like I went to I heard about him and I kept it quiet when I was at the VGBS panel I was at the panel with Rewind Mike and Dongle, Mike Tendo and, and Gamester mm-hmm. but here was the funny thing at the end of the panel I go to Gamester and I'm like so, did you hear about that uh, sealed TurboGrafx-16 collection? He's like, wait, what? What? I'm like, I wanted to wait till we were done with the panel. We both went right over there. It was right by where we did the panel. And the guy had st- everything. <laughs> so- <laughs> Splurge fest. I've been looking for Newtopia 2 forever. So, I finally got Newtopia 2. Super cheap price. Um, and I got Lords of Thunder sealed. Oh, god damn. <laughs> And he had the VHS tape. That's sexy right there. (laughs) So, like, and and the other piece that I got was I got a Turbo Duo controller sealed in the box. So, like, the boxes on the outside aren't sealed for the controllers, but, like, it's never opened. Yeah, the the bags and stuff. The baggies. Everything. It's, like, not even creased. It's not even creased to be opened. But, like... I got those items, and it was, like, a lot of money comparatively, but I did some trades. Um, I think he got a book from me, like, two. So, like, it all worked out, and I got a decent deal, but it was, like, there's still great deals out there. So, yeah, I guess this is a good point for us
0: to uh, say. Any final thoughts with PC Engine? So this is basically, uh, we're going to play, we're going to work on playing some more Turbo PC Engine games in the future. So, this is kind of our precursor to that, uh, kind of a front loader episode. So, we hope you enjoyed it. Anything else you want to throw in there?
1: So, yeah, definitely look for in the future. We're, got, we're definitely going to be doing a ninja spirit.
0: I love you, fucking PC Engine. <laughs> Let's
1: bow down to you right now. Curl up with you in bed tonight and cuddle. You can yes. be the big spoon, PC Engine. All of them, <laughs> all together. Warm, cozy. <laughs> yeah, man, it's going to be a super rad, um, super rad time. <laughs> Saru says, more TurboGrafx-16. All day long, woo! <laughs> yeah, I mean, in, in the future, obviously, there's there's going to be a TurboGrafx-16 slash PC Engine book, and Saru's already called that he's doing the cover for the book. Fuck so, yeah, man. Which will be fucking amazing.
0: Fuck that shit out. Works outstanding. Thank you, Saru.
1: Yeah, um, there are a few, um a few books on the Turbo Graphics and PC Engine done by Paul Weller from PCEngine.co.uk. I think that's the pr- correct website. But he did he did two different ones. They're like spiral bound little small guides. They're really fucking cool. I have both of them, and I support Paul. He's freaking awesome ass dude.
0: Thank you for listening to BGBS. We appreciate everybody taking the time to get through this whole uh, arduous Podcast. We love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
1: If you want to correspond with us, you can email us at bgbspodcast at gmail.com. But we also have a phone number. its two two six four 26-226-4BGBS. You can leave us a
0: voicemail, choose a text message. Um, whatever you want to do correspond also comment on
1: us shoot us a message on facebook twitter google plus we love hearing what people um think about the podcast all right see
0: you later, Woo. later.